0: Cheers Cast is a part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network where everybody thinks they know your name. Nikki! Loretta, I've decided to forgive you for bursting in on me and Miss Romero in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Nikki. You ought to be. It was very embarrassing. You want to go where everybody knows. Hello and welcome to another episode of CheersCast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and this is the mailbag episode for the second half of Season 5. That's right, we're going to respond to some of the listener comments left at the Fire & Water website for the 13 most recent episodes of CheersCast. I'm also going to read a couple of emails that I've gotten over the last couple of months, as well as the latest review on iTunes, or Apple Podcasts as it's called, I am also going to share the tallied list of MVPs for this past season, as well as ranking all 26 of the Season 5 episodes. And, as an extra bonus for you guys and gals, I have ranked all 121 episodes of Cheers so far, the entire Diane era. I will share that at the end of this episode. It's going to take a while to get through, just me rattling off episode titles. It may sound fun now, but... Yeesh! I might lose my voice by the end of it. Anyway, let's kick things off with the latest review on Apple Podcasts. It's a five-star review, which is awesome. Uh, This is from Natlin, who says, I have been really enjoying this podcast. Ryan is a great host. I just finished season one. Really looking forward to the journey. Cheers is the show I have seen most of all. It is my background when I just want something on the TV. I've probably been through the show at least five times by now. This podcast has been a great companion this time around so far. Well, thank you so much, Natlin. That is great to hear. Uh, I hope you stick around with the podcast uh, for for additional seasons. Um, Before I started doing the podcast... Cheers was one of those comfort food shows that I would just have on in the background. I w- it was just kind of a- always there. For, it's one of the reasons why I've been through the show so much. Since doing the show and having to scrutinize it more, I, I have to kind of separate it so I don't watch it except when I'm reviewing it. Uh, at least for these purposes. But uh, Yeah, okay. Moving on to the website comments left for episodes 14 through 26. Again, All of these comments were left at the episode posts at fireandwaterpodcast.com. As usual, I'm not going to read every comment out loud, but I have read every comment privately, and I appreciate every word that has been written. All of your insights, your personal reflections, your memories, your arguments, your questions, all of it is very nice and very rewarding to read. I say this, and I know I am going to struggle to keep this promise, but going forward, I'm going to try to respond to more comments on the website when you leave them. I know some of the guys on this network are great about engaging with listeners almost in real time when you leave feedback. I wish I was better at that kind of engagement. I am going to try. With that said, I'm also not going to mention the names of every commenter on every episode because there's just so much repetition. I just want to put out a blanket thank you for writing in to the following people. Siskoid, Mike Thomas, Tim Price, Chris Franklin, Gene Hendricks, Jeff R., Coconut Phone, Rob Kelly, and Danny Ulrich. Okay, Season 5, Episode 14, Diamond Sam, with my guest, Danny Ulrich. Sisquid said, Things have picked up. I can't wait for the next six seasons of Married Sam and Diane. Phew, oh boy. Yes, would that it were to be episode 15 spellbound with guest gene Hendricks. uh this was the nick and loretta episode that spun off into the short-lived series the tortellis a lot of the comments for people chiming in whether or not they had seen the tortellis and if they had how many episodes they had actually managed to see before sobriety took them back uh, mike thomas asked why nick and loretta never appeared again until season 11 Uh, For one thing, and and Mike himself actually kind of alludes to this in his question, during season 11, the showrunners brought back a ton of fan-favorite characters, kind of for a victory lap, I think, and and just sort of as a reward to remind everybody how great they were. Uh, So was no question that Nick and Loretta would come back in season 11. But as for why they don't appear between now and then, well... That kind of gets answered almost immediately in the next episode. Carla's romantic life changes with the introduction of Eddie LeBeck. That courtship, and then what happens to Eddie, that occupies a lot of space for her in terms of subplots. There really wasn't a need to bring her ex-husband back again. Also, possibly the stink of failure on the Tortellis just made them not want to bring those characters back? Uh, Maybe? Um... Speaking of uh, of Eddie LeBeck and where we just were, episodes 16 and 17 covered the two-parter Never Love a Goalie with my guest Chris Karam. Tim Price said... J. Thomas was always great in everything I saw him in. His easygoing demeanor lets him blend in with any cast, and he's deceptively charming. You might think to look at him that he has an edge, but instead he comes across as a teddy bear. So no wonder he can step into the role of Eddie, interact smoothly with customers and Sam and Woody, and feel like he belongs. Of course, the chemistry with Carla is essential, and they click perfectly. Hey, it also helps he's close to her in height, and doesn't his nose look like a hockey player's nose. Just excellent casting and I'm glad it's here. Carla has dealt with a couple of eddies in this series, but the real deal is finally here. Yeah, uh Tim nailed it. Uh, Jay Thomas was such a treat when they were able to use him. The fact that he is not in more episodes and what ultimately happens to the character, I don't want to dwell on it right now because it's something that we will get to in due time, but yeah, I, I wish we had more of Eddie in the show. Jay Thomas was terrific. Um, passed away a couple of years ago, and that's that's unfortunately. Episode 18, One Last Fling with Vicki DeCiper, who everyone agreed was a terrific guest, and hopefully I can drag her back on the show again. Mike Thomas commented on the comedic coupling of Frasier and Woody throughout the show, The two of them are like a classic comedy duo because of how they react and play off of each other. There is an episode later in the series where Woody says that Frasier is the smartest person Woody knows, except for Mr. Clavin. Kelsey Grammer's facial reaction to that line is priceless. The dynamic between the two lasts the entire series, including on the final episodes, and continues in a hilarious episode of Frasier where Woody visits. I I mean, uh, as you're describing how funny these guys are... uh, Is it any wonder that Kelsey Grammer and Woody Harrelson are the two most successful actors from this show? I mean... Uh, Episode 19, Dog Bites Cliff, with Ashford Wright. Siskoid and Mike both asked about the odd way in which Diane was written out of the episode, and Mike offered that perhaps Shelley Long was filming the movie Hello Again at the time. I have no idea. I would be surprised if she was filming a movie... During this middle part of the tv filming season maybe but it seems like her contract with the show would have prevented her from doing a movie at that time while her commitment to the show took precedence unless possibly they were trying to give her more time to do movies as a way of luring her and keeping her on the show i doubt it but it's possible uh, episode 20, dinner at eightish with guests Brandon Davis and Marlene Stemmy. You know, this is one of the most beloved episodes, so everyone who wrote in left great comments about the cast, the jokes. Uh, but Siskoid said, I don't know where I got the tick of starting to sing Our House when I hear those two words together. I thought it was from my parent, and it might be, but did they get it from this episode? Or did I all along? Anyway, it felt like unlocking a piece of my childhood to watch this episode. Again, when I hear our house, I think of not just the the song, but I think of the way Frasier and Lilith sing it, and it's just it's amazing. But, uh episode twenty-one, Simon Says, with my guest Tom Clements Again, everyone agrees that John Cleese is a very talented guy, uh, and I also got several comments from people, including Coconut Phone, who let me know that, yes, Charles and Diana were, in fact, referred to in the tabloids as Chuck and Di during this era. Good to know. I didn't have that experience. I wasn't sure about that. I thought it was just an invention for this episode, but nope, they proved me wrong. They were like, yep, it was. they were commonly known as Chuck and Di. Okay. Uh, Episode 22, The Godfather Part 3 with John Trumbull. Everyone agreed with us that this episode wasn't very good. Uh, Mike Thomas mentioned that Woody's romantic subplots never really clicked until they introduced the character of Kelly on the show. And after that, Woody and Kelly became the third best romantic couple on the show after Sam and Diane and Fraser and Lilith. No argument for me there. Um, Trying to think who else might be in the running... Uh, Rebecca and Robin, Cliff and Maggie. Um, it's it's hard to think of Norm and Vera as a great romantic couple, considering how one-sided it is, but in terms of staying power, sure. Um, episode 23, Norm's First Hurrah with Rick Heineken. Mike said... Like you, I wonder if Diane could have stayed on the show by playing the type of role she did in this episode, even if she and Sam were happily married. I guess that was not to be for a multiple of reasons. The fresh changes of direct the fresh change of direction after five years of the on again off again Sam Diane romance ultimately fueled the show's longevity, but Shelley Long was so great in the role that it is fun to wonder what might have been. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's one of my guests and I did constantly throughout this season I was just wonder what might have been uh, episode 24 cheers the motion picture with guest Tom Panarese Ciscoid asked if this is Gene Hendricks's favorite episode I'm guessing that's because Gene is an avowed defender of Star Trek the motion picture uh, episode 25 a house is not a home with guest Isabel Ayer Chris Franklin said oddly enough I can kind of relate to the weird situation in this episode my family always celebrated Christmas at my grandparents, and we kicked off the season by going to their house to watch the town Christmas parade from their back porch, since it came by their door. After my grandmother died, my first cousin bought the house and the one next door, which my grandparents also owned, and his two sons' families moved into each one. We were told, come on down and watch the parade like always, by my first cousin, his son wasn't real down with it when we just showed up to do so on the day of the parade, however. I guess he hadn't quite agreed to that, with his father pulling a Diane. So that was the last year we watched the parade there. A few years later, both sons bought their own homes, and their father sold my grandparents' old houses. Maybe I should just show up on their back porch this year and see what happens. Oh, please do it, Chris, do it. Uh, we can use Patreon fund to post your bail. Uh, finally, episode 26, I Do adieu with Omar Uden and Derek William Crabb. Everybody who left comments talked about how emotional and dramatic and, and what a peak of the show this episode was. Rob said, One weird detail about this episode, the original version, which I taped off of TV and watched for many years, uses a different tune over the end scene. When the episode made it into syndication, it was replaced with, in my opinion, an inferior alternate. It's relatively minor, but I notice it every time I watch the episode again, like I did right after listening to this episode. Yeah... Um, I don't know which piece was used in the original broadcast, I, I don't remember that, but I can distinctly recall the version that was used in the original broadcast of the 200th episode that re-aired that scene of them dancing, because I taped that episode at the time and watched it so many times, I had that tune committed in a large chunk of my memory, um, and it's not the same tune that they use on the DVD, and it's not the same melody that they use in the streaming channels. Uh, so I, I don't know if the one from the original 200th was the same as the one from the original I Do A Do, possibly, or maybe even by that time, just a few years later, they had lost the rights and had to change the music. Um, but yeah, for for me, the the version that I hear is the, the 200th tune, because I think that was the first time I really really responded to it. Um, I Actually, we will come back and discuss the music in uh, from an email that I got in a couple of minutes. Uh, and Tim Price said, and that's it. Diane's time on Cheers is over, and it's still as warm, funny, and heartbreaking as ever. Let's remember that Diane as a character, the fish out of water, also means she was the one who pushed the stories for most of the episodes, even the ones where Diane wasn't the focus. These barflies are all content with their static lives. A nod to Norman Cliff remembering where they first met Sumner. But Diane was the fly in the ointment, the conscience, the dreamer, the romantic, the pain in the butt. How many plots hinged upon Diane pushing another character into action? Sure, it wasn't every time, but more often than not, she motivated the entire show. And then there's the goodbye with Sam. I've started to think another perspective on Have a Good Life is he's giving Diane permission to move on. It's a subtle thing, but I swear I see it in Ted's performance, and it gives another level to what is not shown. I, yeah, can't can't say it much better than that, uh, except what I already said on the episode proper. Alrighty, that was the comments section from the Fire & Water website. Uh, I also received a couple of new emails sent to ourdailypodcast at gmail.com, which you can always email me at. The first email is from Tyler Lang, who says, My name is Tyler, and I am a huge fan of Cheers. I only just started listening to the podcast, and I'm also a huge fan of it. I'm 27 years old and started watching Cheers with my grandma when I was about 5 years old. I'm sure I was too young to get it then, but when I saw it on Netflix a while back, I had to start it. I was 23, in college, and this show really helped me out in hard times. It made me smile and laugh when it seemed like nothing else would. I love Ted Danson and Shelley Long, along with all of the other cast members. Never really liked Kirstie Alley, even though we are from the same hometown. Hmm. Uh, just one, as Tyler says, I just wanted to let you know that I love and have found the podcast hosted by people who love Cheers as well as other sitcoms like myself. Keep up the good work. Can't wait for more. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, well, thank you, thank you very much for writing in. I'm so glad that you found the show. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad to hear that a show like Cheers, that is so meaningful to me, was meaningful to you, in, in a way that it was it helped you find comfort when when things were going bad. Uh, that's that's great to hear. That uh, that it you know, uh, without knowing the the circumstances, that in a time when you were down, that the show kind of picked you up and, and gave you uh, some respite because of how great the, the characters are and and the show. That's that's great to hear. I love it. Uh, that lets me know that, you know, I think there's there's probably a reason I'm doing this podcast. So. Uh, the next email is from a woman who will just be called Sarah. Uh, she writes, Dear Ryan, I am a fan of Cheers and therefore a fan of the podcast. Thanks for doing it. Okay, first, I have to interrupt there. As I have discovered on previous listener feedback episodes, liking Cheers and liking the podcast are not guaranteed. Plenty of people like the series but don't care for my ramblings about it. Anyway, moving on, Sarah says, The last one on the last Diane episode was especially poignant for me. Though Rebecca was on during the years I watched it week by week, I saw a lot more Diane episodes on rerun, and identified much more strongly with her anyway, being a brainy girl in high school. Their breakup made sense, but still broke my heart, especially that final scene of them dancing together as old people. I never knew that the song they danced to was Irving Berlin's What'll I Do. I just assumed it was an instrumental piece composed for the show. So, fast forward about 30 years, and I was at a charming play at a theater in the town I was living in. My family and I were preparing to move away, and glad to do so. It was time to move on. But, during the play, one of the characters started singing What'll I Do, and it just about knocked me sideways. The last Sam and Diane song... The second the play ended, I tore off and sobbed all the way home. The funny thing was, I didn't want to stay where we were and was glad to go, and yet the song showed me that it broke my heart all the same, just like Sam and Diane, strangely enough. Funny how these things lie dormant in our hearts for years and years and then sprout when we least expect them. Um, after that, Sarah goes on for a little bit more and I, I emailed her back. Hopefully she will be a guest on a, on the podcast on a far future episode. As to the part of her email that I read, it's amazing that such a seemingly trivial detail like 10 seconds worth of music from a 35 year old television show can have such a profound emotional resonance with us. But it's true. Things like that happen. Because we're talking about art, and it might be easy to say it's just a sitcom and you can dismiss it, but when it's something that really penetrates the psyche and stirs an emotional reaction, whether it's immediate or very long-delayed, like in Sarah's case, I mean, what else can you call that but art uh, to have that kind of an effect? And that's awesome, and it's beautiful, so... Uh, and the last email that we got is from Matt Omdruf, who said, Just finished listening to I Do Adieu. Thanks for another great season. Might be recency bias, but Omar is my favorite guest. He is clearly a legit Cheers fan, and he brings a keenly insightful analysis to your recaps. I loved your Diane and Sam takes this season. I hadn't noticed why I didn't quite love the first half of Season 5, but you nailed the reason. Diane was uncharacteristically forcing the action. Enjoy your time off. Looking forward to having a Screaming Viking on your return. Matt. Well, uh, thank you very, very much, Matt, and thank you for singling out Omar. Hopefully that'll serve as a lesson to Tim Price, John Trumbull, and the rest of my guests that they gotta step their game up. Okay, now on to the real fun parts, the rankings. First up, the MVP category. Which cast members and guests were awarded the Employee of the Week award the most during Season 5? Well, it should come as no surprise that our series leads got the most awards, but the very fact that I split the award between Sam and Diane in one instance means that Sam and Diane tied this season, each receiving 10.5 MVP votes. As for the rest of the gang, Woody got the MVP four times, Carla got five, Norm got six, Cliff got three, Frasier only got three, which is a little surprising. Uh, The rest of the awards went to guest characters, one vote for an unnamed extra at the bar. I think that was Jared Albrecht's vote in the season premiere. Way to throw that one away, Jared. Uh, Cliff's mom, Esther, got two votes. Lilith got six, just because her two appearances this season were on episodes where I had extra guests. Uh, the Judge in episode 13 got two votes. Loretta got two, and Dr. Simon Finch-Royce got two as well. So, uh, lots of fun. I'm glad I started tallying these week to week. Uh, I still need to go back, actually, and record all of the winners from seasons one and two sometime, but... Uh, for now, I think it's telling, and it's kind of perfect that Sam and Diane won this season with the same number of uh, Employee of the Week award votes. Okay, now on to the ranking of Season 5 episodes. As I mention every time, this should in no way reflect on the podcast or my guest on that particular episode. This is just a reflection of my opinion of the Cheers episodes after I watched them. All right, at the bottom of Season 5 Episodes, 26, The Godfather Part Three; twenty five, Money Dearest, 24, Knights of the Scimitar, 23, Cape Cad, 22, Dog Bites Cliff, 21, A House Is Not a Home, 20, Chambers v. Malone, nineteen norm's first hurrah eighteen tan and wash seventeen the proposal sixteen cheers the motion picture fifteen the book of samuel fourteen never love a goalie part two thirteen never love a goalie part one Number 12, Thanksgiving Orphans. Number 11, Dance Diane Dance. Number 10, Spellbound. Number 9, Young Dr. Weinstein. Number 8, House of Horrors with formal dining and used brick. Number 7, Diamond Sam. Number 6, Dinner at 8 Number 5, Simon Says. Number 4, One Last Fling. Number 3, I Do Adieu. Number 2, Abnormal Psychology. and Number 1, Everyone Imitates Art. Okay, now the marathon part. Throughout this show, the podcast, I mean, I have been keeping a running order of every episode, from the pilot to the season 5 finale. So the entire Sam and Diane saga, all five season episodes up to this point. And my ranking, going again in reverse order, is... Number 121, The Tortelli Tort, 120, Relief Bartender, 119, The Godfather Part 3, number 118, Money Dearest, 117, Little Sister Don'tcha, number 116, Affairs of the Heart, 115, Norman's Conquest, 114, Suspicion, 113, Knights of the Scimitar, 112. The Bar Stooley. 111. Dog Bites Cliff. 110. Dark Imaginings. 109. Too Good to Be For Real. 108. Cape Cad. 107. Friends, Romans, and Accountants. 106. Sam Turns the Other Cheek. 105. Woody Goes Belly Up. 104. A House Is Not a Home. 103. No Help Wanted. 102. And Coachie Makes Three. 101. Take My Shirt, Please. 100. Coach in Love, Part 2. 99 Coach and Love Part One, 98 Peterson Crusoe, 97 Chambers v Malone, 96 The Peterson Principle, 95 Norm's First Hurrah, 94 Tan and Wash, 93 Power Play, 92 Personal Business, 91 Fools and Their Money ninety the proposal eighty nine cheers the motion picture eighty eight no contest eighty seven sam's women eighty six coach returns to action eighty five some day my prince will come 84, The Mail Goes to Jail. 83, A Ditch in Time. 82, The Book of Samuel. 81, Snow Job. 80, Rebound, Part 1. 79, manager Coach. 78, Cliff's Rocky Moment. 77, Fear is My Co-Pilot. 76, Never Love a Goalie, Part 2. 75, Never Love a Goalie, Part 1. 74, Fairy Tales Can Come True. 73, The Executive's Executioner. Seventy two Who done It? Seventy one The Bartender's Tale Seventy The Bells of St. Cleat's 69. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday. Sixty eight. Love thy neighbor. Sixty seven. Someone single, someone blue. Sixty six. Where there's a will. Sixty five. Now pitching, Sam Malone. Sixty-four. Father Knows Last. Sixty-three. Strange Bedfellows Part two. Sixty-two. Strange Bedfellows Part three. Sixty-one. Strange Bedfellows Part One. Number sixty, Behind Ever Great Man. Number fifty nine, Coach's Daughter. Number fifty eight. Barbet. Fifty seven. Rebound part two. Fifty six. If ever I would leave you. Fifty five. Truce or consequences. Fifty four. Thanksgiving Orphans. Fifty three. Diane Chambers Day. Fifty two. Rescue Me. Fifty one. Dance Diane Dance. Number fifty. Don Juan is hell. Forty nine, just three friends. Forty eight. Spellbound. Forty seven. Young Doctor Weinstein. Forty six. From beer to eternity. Forty five. I'll be seeing you part one. Number forty four. Sam at eleven. Forty three. House of Horrors with Formal Dining and Used Brick. Number forty two. Diane's Nightmare. Number forty one. The Groom wore Clear So. Number forty. Save the Last Dance for Me. Thirty-nine teacher's pet, thirty-eight diamond Sam, thirty-seven, how do I love thee? Let me call you back, thirty-six, homicidal ham, thirty-five, coach buries a grudge, thirty-four, cheerio cheers, thirty-three, the second time around, thirty-two, dinner at eightish, thirty-one, the heart is a lonely snipe hunter, thirty, any friend of Diane's. 29, Showdown, Part 1. 28, Showdown, Part 2. 27, Simon Says. 26, Diane Meets Mom. 25, An American Family. 24, King of the Hill. 23, Let Me Count the Ways. 22, One Last Fling. 21, The Triangle. Uh, For the top 20, I'll, I'll actually take the time to mention what season they were in. Um... Number 20, The Spy Who Came In For A Cold One from Season 1. Number 19, for also from Season 1, one for the book. Number 18, I Call Your Name from Season 3. Number 17, Cliffy's Big Score from Season 4. Number 16, I Do Adieu from Season 5. Number 15, Birth, Death, Love, and Rice from Season 4. Number 14, The Boys in the Bar from Season 1. Number 13, I'll Be Seeing You Part 2 from Season 2. Number twelve, Sumner's Return from season two. Number eleven, They Called Me May Day from season two. Number ten, The Pilot Give Me a Ring Sometime from season one. Number nine, Diane's Allergy from season three. Number eight, Pick a Con, Any Con from season one. Number seven, Endless Slumper from season one. Number six, Abnormal Psychology from season five. Number five, Battle of the X's from season two. Number four, Everyone Imitates Art from season five. Number three, Diane's Perfect Date from season one. Number two, Old Flames from season two. And number one, Fortune and Men's Weight from season two. Whew. Uh, yeah, that's a lot, and I'm sure there will be some controversial calls in there. Some of you will be singing, you know, how come Dinner at 8ish wasn't in your top 10, let alone your top 5, and how is this episode bef- way down the list? Way uh, Shouldn't it be much higher? Again, I'm doing these kind of in time as I'm watching them, comparing them to the other episodes, so, um, I, I've said that, like, all of these episodes are great, so just because an episode is one hundred on the list of one twenty one doesn't mean it's a bad show. These are still incredible shows. That's the reason I'm doing this podcast. And my ranking is subjective and it's subject to my closest memory. So by the time I'm done with this podcast in a couple seasons, who knows, things might change. But uh that's that's where we are that's where we stand right now. Um yeah. After after reading that, I think I'm going to have to take another hiatus. Uh, Recording for Season 6 episodes should begin in the new year, so I hope I will have brand new episodes coming out in January or February. Until then, thanks to all of you who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire & Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff & Rick Presents who sponsor this show. Go to patreon.com slash Podcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire & Water Network. Thanks everyone for listening, and until next time, we're closed. You, you're bad at ballet. You're terrible at acting. You, don't, you can't draw worth a lick. You're bad at at poetry, photography, cinema, and omelets. I mean, they're going to have to start inventing things for you to be bad at. Make your point, Sam. <laughs> you're, you're good at writing. I mean, I think we finally found something you don't stink at. But Sam, I... I... Look, look. This is important for you. I mean I, I I had my day in the sun. I I may not have been the greatest relief pitcher in the world. Yeah you were a simmy. Thank you. The point is <laughs> the point is I took a shot. You gotta take your shot.